The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go sell what you own and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. This Gospel text is the seventh of a 12-Sunday chronological walk we've been taking through the Gospel of Mark. Today's text is in the middle of a major transition in Mark's story. In earlier chapters, we hear the kingdom of God proclaimed by Jesus. We hear of his acts of compassion that grow out of the kingdom. And we hear the establishment starting to notice and to challenge the message of the kingdom. And then in chapter 8, the transition starts as Jesus begins his way to Jerusalem and the cross. So a key part of these transition chapters has been that Jesus has been telling his disciples he's going to suffer and die and rise again. The disciples, as is typical in Mark, just don't get it. I agree that this is a hard time and hard time in their lives and they don't understand, but really, replying to the words, I'm going to suffer and die, by having a fight with each other about which disciple was greatest, perfectly demonstrates how far they had to go in their understanding. This past Sunday, 
Our confirmation class discussed hearing the Bible and the Word. We heard the phrase, living Word. Through the Holy Spirit, living words happen anytime when stories and encounters and events break into our lives. Living words call for repentance and redirection, turn a 180, if you will. New life, new values, new commitments. Living words shatter the walls we put up, walls of old ways, walls of selfishness and fear and illusion. And in all living words, you find at the center, Jesus, the Word made flesh. Did you catch that first line from the Hebrews text? The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow, it is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Well, that sounds like wall smashing and transformation. Turning back to the gospel for today, the man who knelt before Jesus was obviously a nice guy who lived an exemplary life, doing what one is supposed to do to be faithful. But also, obviously, he didn't feel as if it was enough there must be something else he could do. So with this missing piece in his heart, he decided to check with the traveling rabbi nearby he had heard about. He came to Jesus because his heart told him that no matter how nice he acted, no matter how many rules he followed, he was still missing something. So Jesus lifted off several commandments and this man said, yep, checked all those boxes off since I was a kid. Then the gospel says Jesus looked at him and loved him. Wow, you don't hear that in other gospels. Well, you don't hear it much in other gospels. In John, we repeatedly hear about the disciple that Jesus loved, who I think is the disciple who wrote that book, but the other two Gospels, Jesus looks at people with compassion, which is born out of love, but I've never quite seen it so directly that Jesus loved someone. So I was curious which of the Greek words for love Mark uses for this sentence. So with my extremely minute seminary training in Greek, I decided to do a word study and found that the word here translated as love, is in fact connected to agape, that sacrificial love of God that we hear about in Jesus' death and resurrection, and then the start of the new church. So looking at this man with God love, Jesus tells him that he answered correctly. Only one more thing was needed selling everything he had and giving that money to the poor, and then joining Jesus on the road. That will give him the treasure he lacks. I have to say this is about as good of an example as anywhere of someone confronted by the living word. He is actually face to face with the living word made flesh, who is asking for repentance 
asking him to turn around and have his life transformed. Now, I picture this long, dramatic pause at this point in the story. The man is standing in the spotlight of Jesus' love. I'm guessing that that moment felt indeed like a two-edged sword was cutting through his central core of identity to get to that empty spot in his heart. He was shocked by the answer, and he left in grief because he had many possessions. Confronted by the living word, he said no. Again, you don't hear them saying no to Jesus directly in the Gospels. So Jesus turns to his disciples, who were, I'm sure, trying to figure out what had just happened. Jesus refutes and clarifies the common belief that wealth comes as a reward, a blessing from God for living a good life, doing good things. He used the camel and the needle to illustrate how difficult it would be for a wealthy person to enter the kingdom. I don't think that helped him much. The disciples were perplexed and astounded by this and said, well, then who will make it in? Jesus says, no one. For humans, it is impossible. But not for God. For God, all things are possible. You're looking in the wrong place, folks. It's not what you own. It's not what you do. It's God. God's love opens the kingdom. And then we leave the disciples, pointing out to Jesus that they had left everything to follow him. I can see a smile on his face as they again miss the main point as he commends them and assures them the reward will be theirs. And then one more time he says, the first will be last and the last will be first. One more thing about class last week. We discussed present-day concerns and challenges that bring living word moments to each of us, like our man in the text. The class identified all kinds of issues like racism, sexism, homophobia, hunger, conflict, economic just injustice, and climate change. Transformation is really needed in all those areas. And so you are invited to ponder to what challenge do you hear the living words call. But we also heard pretty clearly this week that doing is not the point. And the living word shatters old ways, bringing transformation to new life. Camels can fit through needles because with God all things are possible. Jesus looks at us and loves us. We can't do anything except with God's help. We have been freed to do something. As many theologians and your pastors have said over the years, what I do, what do I do now that I don't have to do anything? The living word waits for you, waits for me, and loves us. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.